the platform's been really well received and it's, it's nice to see that people are a little bit open-minded to veering away from the traditional sports book and understanding that users are asking for more at this point and being open to providing that. Hey, this is Jesse here, and thanks for checking out episode 33 of the Betting Startups Podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by Brent Winston, co-founder and CEO of BetSwap, which is the most efficient, fully integrated secondary marketplace technology for sportsbooks and platform providers. In this episode, Brent talks about his experience at the recent SBC Summit, where he not only got selected as one of five finalists, but was declared the winner by the panel of judges and awarded a prize package valued at over $60,000. We also talked about how BetSwap is giving bettors new options to liquidate their bets instead of the traditional cash out feature, his experience pitching it to sportsbook operators, and a wide range of other topics. I had a blast chatting with Brent, and I hope you enjoy this episode. If you want to appear as a future guest on the podcast, head on over to bettingstartups.com and submit the form. Now, on to the show. All right, we are rolling once again, back with episode 33. And Brent, welcome to the hot seat. How are you doing today? Thanks, Jesse. I'm great. I'm just realizing now it's 33. That's my number in hockey. So uh, it's meant to be. Well, right on. Uh, hopefully a good omen for our conversation ahead here. Uh, looking forward to diving into things, but I think just to kick off, Brent, a couple of weeks ago, we were all in New Jersey for the SBC conference, another fantastic event. Uh, I had Ben from Capwise on recently after the event. We did a little bit of a debrief. Uh, and I'd like to do the same with you, right? It's still recent enough and fresh enough, I think, in our minds. I'm curious to sort of just, you know, get your overall opinion on the show and, you know, maybe what are some of the major takeaways uh, you took from there and particularly sort of given that you're in the earlier stage of the ecosystem within the industry, is there any sort of conversations or themes or, or, or things you saw or heard that sort of a main takeaway? For sure. I mean, um, a lot, lot to unpack there. I'll do my best to make sure I hit on every point. <laughs> um, but no, I'm a huge fan of the SPC event. I'm not being paid to say it. Uh, I really am. Um, it was an absolute game changer for BetSwap. We were back out there in December for my very first one. It was my first event in the sports betting space. And it, it led to quite a few deals for us, which have sort of catapulted the business forward. So I'm forever grateful for SBC. And I mean, the opportunity to come to the first pitch competition was great. Uh, you know, you had Ben on from Capwise last week, big fan of Ben and what they're doing. Uh, it was an honor sort of be out there pitching beside him. And I think overall, it, it felt like a great, great vibe. I mean, it, it's a buzzword, but it really did feel like a great vibe. I was able to meet some people in person who I've been talking to for a while online, trying to get a hold of virtually. And it's just not comparable when you're in person, you're able to meet with people, sit down, demo a product, just sort of have a regular conversation as regular people outside of business. We're able to build those relationships really fundamental and that are fundamental and substantial to the growth of your business and the growth of your relationship with somebody else. And, uh, you know, uh, you can't replace that. So it was great to be out there. I, some people were saying to me, they thought it was a little empty compared to what was in December. I thought it was pretty packed. I don't know about you, Jesse, but I, I thought it was pretty packed out there. Yeah, no, actually, I think I saw SBC release something the other day saying it was the most attended event they've done so far in the U.S. Definitely for me, felt way busier than December. But I think, yeah, just overall, like you say, like just so many quality interactions and conversations. Uh, it was a really full two days, at least for me. For sure. Yeah, same. I mean, it was nice to get the pitch competition in there and give me a break for a minute. And obviously that became super hectic because of how the, <laughs> the results turned out. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. Really grateful to be out there. The whole team at SBC is fantastic. And uh, all the partners that they bring out every year are top notch. Yeah, right on. Well, hey, um, speaking of the first pitch competition, as you just alluded to, not only were you one of the five finalists chosen to present uh, at the competition, but you and BetSwap are actually declared the winners of the competition. So huge congrats to you, Brent, uh, for you. that. I mean, it was 
uh, you know, there was five fantastic companies pitching. I think I was in the fourth row and heard all of them. And I, I would want to have been a, a judge there, right? They had a difficult decision that day, some great ideas, great teams, but you guys were the ones that prevailed on that day. And how have things been, you know, I don't know if it's like winning the Stanley Cup where you go and the trophy and now you're touring around your hometown and show it like, but like, how's, how have things been for you guys since the big win? And then just sort of what was your experience there up on stage and just going through that entire journey and then walking over there, the winner. Oh, I wish I won the Stanley Cup, Jesse. We'll get, I know the last, I know it's the last question of the show is, and we'll come back to the Stanley Cup shortly uh, on that one. But uh, no, no trophy, unfortunately. I thought maybe there would be one, but um, no, I, I think that the, I guess, fallout, which seems like it has a negative connotation, but not, not really in this instance, the fallout from the, um, the competition was that we've had a lot of investors reach out. Um, it's made it easier for certain introductions when, you know, one of our advisors might be introducing us to somebody, you know, they say, oh, you know, that's what just won SBT's first pitch competition, judged by X, Y, and Z. So it gives us a little bit more credibility, a little bit more credence to what we're doing. Um, and I mean, the prizes are certainly helpful, right? Uh, the marketing package that comes with it is fantastic, especially as we're gearing up for launch. Um, the website design, the deck design to the extent that you desire from Vegas Kings, really great people over there. So, I mean, for us, um, it just continues to help the business move forward and, uh, the pitch itself was fun. I mean, I love that. Uh, I've got a background in sort of orating and speaking in connection with my job. Um, and for me, it's just practice, practice, practice. So I probably did the pitch, you know, two, 300 times. No, literally no exaggeration. I, I seem like a crazy person just walking on the street, driving, talking to myself, repeating over and over again. Um, and, uh, for me, uh, I guess in this instance, practice sort of paid off, but, uh, I, I like being up there. It's fun. I was going to say, I mean, you looked extremely comfortable up there. Like it was just another day at the office for you, right? So I don't know if it's just like you say, the work you do or testament to how much you practice or a bit of both, but uh, yeah, it looked very natural for you up there. So again, probably a uh, contributing factor to, to the W, but let's segue a little bit and, and maybe talk a little bit about BetSwap. And I guess talking about all of this pitching, why don't you actually just rerun the pitch for a couple of minutes here, Brent, and maybe just for folks listening, if you can give them a bit of a high concept introduction to BetSwap, what is it? Uh, when did you start it? Just sort of the basic elevator pitch. Yeah, for sure. I should set my timer and just go on the pitch right now. <laughs> Three minutes and then I'm done. Uh, no, I mean, Betswap was sort of ideated back in the fall of 2019. My brothers and I like to hang out on the couch every Sunday, watch football together. We place our teasers. We place a few, you know, outrageous parlays. Um, and we're pretty good at it. We'll hit one or two 10 to 11 game parlays a season, which more than cover what we spend throughout the course of betting on um, the NFL. Uh, but more often than not, we lose on our seven out of eights or eights out of nines. And I was trying to get to a point where I was pretty frustrated to my brother one afternoon and said there's got to be a way where we can generate revenue from this like the cash the book we were using at the time didn't have cash out they're a pretty substantial book and the cash flow wasn't there in the instance that it was there every now and then it would disappear almost instantaneously and i was never going to use it because i know the 20 to 30 percent margin that's typically baked into cash out. i know 365 is fantastic and they're at a four to five percent margin or around there but it's ever-changing right so it's really frustrating as a user to not have control over creating liquidity for your bet and it's especially important with futures, right? I, by way of example, I placed a bet on the Edmonton Oilers to win the Stanley Cup before free agency started because I knew Jack Campbell was going there. Jack Campbell winds up there. The odds drop from 20 to 1 to 16 to 1. There's value in the bet that I placed at 20 to 1 already, and there's no way for me to create value out of it. So um, that's how BetSwap was sort of born. My brother looked at me and goes, yeah, there has to be a way to create value. You should create a marketplace. I said, just like that? He goes, yeah, just like that. I said, okay. So uh, in the fall of 2020, I set out to sort of build a little bit of a team, find some people who could co-found with me. We ultimately raised some cash. And then by the time we were ready to go, probably about the summer of 2020, we really started diving in, building, looking for advisors, finding partnerships, looking at the 
landscape in the U.S. and how we could comply and build within that space. Uh, and then that's sort of how it got started. What BetSwap is, is as I'm sure I've kind of alluded to already, it's, it's like the ticket master of the sub hub for sports betting, right? You've got an asset. You want to be able to sell that asset. We want to allow you to sell that asset to anybody else on your sports book, right? So if I've got my Edmonton Oilers bet, which I placed with a certain book, I want to sell that bet to somebody else on the book. We build the marketplace technology for that book to allow their users to interact with one another to buy and sell bets within their sports book. How's that? How's that for my pitch? <laughs> well, first of all, I think that was spot on three minutes, so it's almost like you've done this before. <laughs> no, that, that, that was a helpful overview, Brent. Uh, I appreciate that. And I actually glossed over a question I was meant to ask first. I'm just going to segue back just for a second. Uh, uh, just yourself personally as well, what is your background prior to BetSwap? What what have you done professionally? What are some of the, sort of the major chapters of your career? And then we'll segue quickly back to BetSwap. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I, I've got a dual business and law degree from a relatively prominent school in Ontario. Um, I worked as a corporate M&A lawyer in private practice for a couple of years. So I helped private businesses buy and sell one another. I've also done some startup work in the emerging market space as a lawyer, as well as some general commercial work. In my spare time, I have a few different startups, that's all being one of them. I also work in legal education and tech for um, the legal industry, which has been a really fun journey. And prior to that, while I was in business school, I'd actually started a uh, men's jewelry and apparel business with a couple of buddies and that kind of took off. And that's where I sort of got the bug as like a 20, 21 year old saying, oh, you know, it's kind of fun to build and grow. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's a high level background of myself. Um, I act as an advisor for a few other tech companies in the startup space that are sort of in their high growth stage. Um, and it, it keeps me attuned with what's going on, not just in sports betting, but globally and how entrepreneurs are moving generally. Gotcha. So let's talk more about BetSwap now then, Brent. Um, you made reference to, to, to the cash out feature that, you know, most sportsbooks have these days. Can you talk a little bit more about, you know, how BetSwap is maybe different from a typical cash out feature and, and why I, as a user, might choose to use BetSwap as opposed to the Sportsbook's native cash out feature. hundred percent, for sure. I mean, the easiest example for me to give you, Jesse, is cash out is like me coming to you saying, Jesse, I'm going to buy your hat for this price at this point in time. And if you don't take it, you can't sell your hat. Whereas BetSwap is me saying, Jesse, I want to give you the opportunity to sell your hat when you want and at a price point that you want to whoever is willing to buy your hat. So effectively, cash out is instantaneous liquidity at a premium. Right. And that's an, I'm, I think cash out is a great system for those who use it. Problem is, is it's about 95 to 97% of users don't use cash out and sports books and platform providers aren't monetizing that 95 to 97% of users. So we wanted to create a platform where we were able to give the freedom back to users while also still benefiting the platform provider, also benefiting the sports book, as well as the buyer and the seller of any bet. So as I mentioned during the pitch at SBC, a platform that allows for users and the operators to benefit is the platform where everybody's winning. And that's the good platform where nobody's necessarily at a deficit. So the difference I see between cash out and bet swap is that cash out is instantaneous liquidity at a premium. Bet swap is greater purchase or sale profit, but at a discounted price effectively, right? So you don't get the instantaneous liquidity necessarily that you do with cash out, but you're willing to wait because you're getting more back in your pocket. So cash will still be available for any user who wants to use it. But now those users who don't feel comfortable using cash out because they're savvy enough to know there's a baked in margin that's too high, or they don't trust the fact that it's going back to the sports book. They now have the freedom and they now can see transparently what the fees are, what they're getting full stop. Everything's included from a, uh, you know, commission perspective, where sellers charge, buyers charge, um, and the users now have choice. 
this for the sportsbook then is something that it could be offered in addition to cash out. It's not necessarily meant to replace cash. Exactly. I mean, we do provide the value in the sense that if you haven't built the cash out feature on a certain product by integrating what we do, you now make every single bet technically cash outable for your users. And the other thing, Jesse, is that cash out can only be done like once. Even if you've got the most robust cash flow product in the world, you can only partially cash out up to 100% on a marketplace. A bet can literally be resold an infinite amount of time mm-hmm. up until the point where the underlying events of the bet have completely transpired. So a user could come on, buy the bet, resells a few times, and then the final ultimate user decides to cash it out. So now as a sports book, you're really doing better on your revenue side. You're creating more flexibility and happiness for your users. Everybody's winning. Gotcha. No, that makes a lot of sense, Brent. Where are you guys at just from an overall, I guess, uh, progress perspective, right? I understand the product's not live uh, yet, but um, obviously you've been working hard for, you know, better part of a couple of years now developing it. Yeah. Where are you sort of at just from a traction perspective and just on the overall journey, however you want to sort of characterize and frame that? Yeah. Overall journey, it feels like this is where we're going and this is the finish and this is the beginning. It's like, we're over here, but there's so much that's been done already. Um, traction's been great. I mean, we've got a few deals already in place with a couple different platform providers. Um, those are, you know, announced publicly. So happy to mention, you know, one of which is OpenBet, another which is the uh, Melco. We're working on a few others right now, which aren't publicly released. So I, I can't sort of discuss them. And then we've done a few deals, uh, already with some operators, which we're really, really excited to announce. Can't announce them yet, but, uh, we will certainly be announcing them by the end of August. It sort of ties up to when our sort of expected launches. We're hoping to be ready in time for the NFL season. Really, really excited to bring this to a few lucky, few lucky users and a few lucky operators uh, to start. Um, and then we've got another big partnership that we're working on right now that I'm hopeful that we're going to be able to launch in uh, the end of August as well. So the traction's been really good. The platform's been really well received. Um, and it's, it's nice to see that uh, people are a little bit open-minded to veering away from the traditional sports book and understanding that users are asking for more at this point. Uh, and being open to providing that to them. Just curious quickly as well, Brent, like talking about the conversations, I guess you've had with operators, uh, that will lead to these announcements at the end of August. What's been just the feedback you've heard overall from the operators on this concept and just the, the benefits that it brings to them and their business? Yeah. So, I mean, everybody initially is skeptical, right? The question always from the trading standpoint comes, well, how's this going to affect cash out? Why would I do this as opposed yeah. to use cash out? And then we go through the conversation that I sort of walked you through, you know, maybe five minutes ago or so. And then there's also, you know, a marketing aspect is a PR aspect to it. And, you know, we walk them through how we would handle marketing strategies, what activations they're able to enter into as a result of offering a platform like ours. Um, and then, then the light switch just turns on. They go, why wouldn't we do this? And then I, and then I get to go, that's a great question. Why wouldn't you do this? And, and it's my favorite part of the conversation when you can finally see that light switch go on and things turn. Um, and I, I had that last Wednesday at a meeting and then I had that in a, one of the meetings on Thursday at SBC. Um, and we had a follow-up call with one of those individuals from SBC yesterday. So again, Thursday, and they, the, the call started with, oh, we can't wait to do business with you. We're so excited. And for me, that's the best. When you finally get that reception after sort of working it and explain them the value and how it's not going to affect cash out, et cetera. Um, so. It's been well received, I guess. There's only been one book. One operator goes, no, it's not going to work. And we've spoken to quite a few operators. So I'm excited to come back to that one um, when everything is up and running. Yeah, hate to say I told you so, but. (laughs) 
I, I do like to say I told you so from time to time. <laughs> I think we all do. If we're being yeah. honest, I think we all do. Yeah, no, it sounds like uh, you're getting a lot of validation and positive signals back. So yeah, really looking forward to sort of seeing the, the rollout here in the coming months. Um, I think zooming out a little bit from the product then, Brent, how are you looking at the regulatory landscape as you think about BetSwap? And uh, yeah, just sort of curious your assessment on it, especially given your background. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that was the most important thing for me before we even started building Aid Tech was how are we going to approach the U.S.? I mean, Ontario is also different for me too, because U.S. sees things one way, Ontario sees things another. We had gotten an opinion from the U.K. before we even started because we thought that that's what we were going to launch. And they said, you're, you're, you're good, actually, based on how your technical structure operates. We don't feel you need any licensure whatsoever. So there are a whole bunch of differing opinions out there as to how marketplaces and exchanges are to be or are not to be regulated, depending on your viewpoint. Um, but we've spoken with the necessary parties um, in different jurisdictions to get our self-comfort that what we're doing is is good, it's safe, is is on side, um, and we're not going to cause any problems for anybody. Nice. I'm curious as well, like you're still relatively new, I suppose, to the industry, you know, a couple of years uh, with BetSwap so far. And just, I guess, as a newer entrant into the industry and going to events like SDC and meeting people, I'm just sort of curious, what's your overall assessment of it? And, and I guess also like what compelled you at the very beginning? about this industry and of all the things you could have done. And it sounds like you have a lot of other startups and a lot of other sectors, you know, what was it about sports betting and just sort of the opportunity that compelled you? And then once you, you know, you stepped into it, um, just sort of what's your overall assessment of it? Yeah. So, I mean, I was naive when I, I guess, started working in this industry. I don't, I, I don't even view myself working in this industry because it all sort of feels like a dream a little bit, but I mean, I guess I do. Um, yeah. So, I mean, when I started working in this industry, uh, I was naive in the sense that it's, oh, I've got a really good idea. People are just going to want my idea and uh, it'll happen. I think Ben sort of spoke to this uh, last week and saying that, you know, you got to keep persevering. You got to keep pushing. There are going to be uh, profs and peaks and valleys, highs and lows, whatever cliche you want to use. And you just got to keep pushing through it. So for me, I didn't know that that was going to happen in this industry because for me working in law, I've been fortunate enough to sort of succeed along every step of the way. And there was, there weren't too many hurdles. Um, when they did happen, you obviously have to get over them. You work hard to get over them, but it was nothing like working in, in the sports betting industry, completely different. Um, one thing I've learned is that you've got to have the right people backing you. It's a really tight knit community. And if you've got the validation and approval from, from some of the bigger, more respected players in the space, and I don't mean companies necessarily when I say players, it could be an individual. Like we rely heavily on Benji Cheriak and Danny Annigan Daly, two fantastic advisors for us. And they're able to open so many doors and their advice, their guidance has just changed the game for us. Um, so, I mean, stuff like that is something that you don't realize how important connections are or um, the proper individuals advising and guiding you, getting their validation is really important. Like I, I went through like what felt like a month long interview process with Benji um, before he sort of said, yeah, you know, I, I believe in the product. I believe in you guys. I'm, I'm happy to come on board and act as an advisor. Um, so that's been a big thing that I've learned in the space is that uh, you need the right people advocating for you. It doesn't matter how great your product is. You need the right people advocating for you. And then furthermore, integrations are a scary thing. Yeah. with platform providers and operators. So um, you've got to make sure your product is malleable and that your team is efficient. Yeah, I mean, people like Benji, people like DHD, great examples of, of great people in the industry. And for you, uh, rather lucky, I would suggest to, to have guys like them in your corner and going to bat for you, of course, helps that they're fellow Canadians, um, which actually leads me to another question I want to ask uh, about the industry for you, Brent, which is you're in Toronto. I'm not in Ontario, but on my way back from New Jersey, I stopped in Toronto for the weekend, went to a Blue Jays game. Uh, and it was my first time on the ground in Ontario since 
sports betting became legalized and regulated in the province. It was sort of my first time seeing all of the advertisements and just sort of all of the branding. And I'm sort of curious for you as a you know permanent resident of Ontario, what's your assessment of like how things have been on the ground there over the last four months since Ontario went live? And, and you know, are, are conversations changing around you? Are people that you know that previously weren't into betting more into it now? Like, what's your overall sort of vibe, uh, I guess, on what it's been like? Yeah. Oh, it's a great question. I mean, uh, for me, it's been super exciting. I think just to say off the bat, the AGCO, which is the Alcohol Gaming Commission of Ontario, which is one of the parties that regulate sports betting, the prominent party, they've done a great job. I mean, they've really set the rules clearly and they've done their best to work with operators, um, suppliers, vendors, et cetera, to really try and make sure that they're doing the best they can to regulate and create a safe environment for Ontario residents. Um, throughout the bat, you know, hats off to them. Uh, but it's been, it's been fun. You know, I've been betting for a, a long time and it's always been this gray market, this taboo activity, but now it's kind of like in your face. I mean, if you're at Rogers center, you saw the score advertising everywhere. Uh, if you see a TV commercial, it's probably one of FanDuel, um, DraftKings or bet three, six, five, um, you know, points bets been doing their own unique stuff here, which, uh, I wasn't familiar with points, bet too, too heavily until, you know, the, the Ontario market really started to gear up. I'd seen, you know, their switch over from Australia to, um, America. And then I was familiar with them once they were in the States, but seeing what they've done here has been really cool as well. Um, I think that there are a lot of people sort of the tail end of your question, um, who previously thought betting was a horrific and disgusting thing to do. Some of my friends now are like, Hey, did you see this free bet on FanDuel? I said, well, it's not a free bet, but yeah, it's likely, <laughs> it's likely the Jays aren't going to get no hit by the Tigers on July 31st. So yeah, you should put the maximum bet down. And I think that, um, it's been fun for me because I can discuss these sort of things with my friends now and they understand what I'm talking about. Like when I talked to them about BetSwap, I had a buddy of mine who, who sends me eight or nine game baseball parlays almost every day. He goes, oh, one loss, oh, one loss, oh, one loss. I'm like, uh, hello. You're like, this is, this is the purpose of BetSwap, right? Like it's right, the right. ability to create value for yourself based on a strong parlay that you put together with astronomical odds, but it looks like it might actually hit. Um, so it's been awesome. Uh, I think that the market will continue to sort of level itself out a little bit as we get deeper and deeper into the understanding of sports betting. I think there'll be less fines and things like that handed out as people start to understand the rules and the regulations a little bit better. Um, but a as a whole, I mean, I'd love to see everybody betting on sports. I'd love for my wife to sit down beside me and go, Oh, did you check out the line on the uh, Leafs tonight? I mean, that, that's a far stretch because then uh, she puts up with me for liking sports, but. I'd love for, my point is, I'd love for everybody to sort of get into it, obviously responsibly, um, but uh, there's definitely a, a change of the wind, so to speak, than how people used to view sports, but at least from my perspective over here. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, I've been uh, working in the space for quite some time. And for most of that time, nobody in my family or friends really understood what I did. And, you know, now with it being, as you say, a bit more sort of culturally and socially accepted now, and it's mainstream, right? Uh, all of a sudden, like the light bulbs went off. People are like, oh, that's what you do. I'm like, yeah, it's exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh, he wasn't lying. He was actually working. Right. Uh, he doesn't work for the CIA. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, you talked a little bit about the milestones coming up for BetSwap in the months ahead here, which is normally one of my questions around this time, but you already answered that, so I'm going to skip it. And uh, let's look ahead a little bit further than the rest of this year, maybe over like a three to five year time horizon. Like, what do you see for BetSwap and, and this sort of, I guess, category that you're pioneering? Like, where do, you, where do you sort of see this representing in the overall ecosystem over like a three to five year time horizon? feel bad. I'm unintentionally answering questions before they come up. But for the three to five year period, I mean, without, without saying too much, we're, we're thinking about some unique 
unique place. Everybody's focused right now on crushing North America and everything related to North America um, and everything in the sports betting space, specifically, you know, sports books. There are other opportunities to be had. Um, we want to make sure that we obviously get live and launched uh, in North America first, you know, U.S., Canada to follow. Uh, and then, you know, that's when the roadmap gets kind of fun. You know, once you've established that you've got a good product, the product is accepted by the user, um, the product's accepted by the sports book, that's when we can start to pivot. That's when we can start to play a little bit. So for me, I see the next two, three years is get live, get launched and get busy, you know, get as many partnerships as we can that make the most sense that they can. We're selective, although we necessarily should be. But we try to be selective in working with partners who understand the vision the same way that we understand the vision. In order for the product to really succeed and resonate with the end user, you've got to have everybody involved working at 110% and believing at 110%. So we've got to make sure that we, over the next few years, find the right partners that we should be working with, grow and scale that way. And then once we've sort of finished that, we've got some ideas as to how we, uh, we take this beyond just the marketplace. We take it beyond just sports betting. There are some interesting avenues that uh, we've ideated as a group, and uh, we're excited to check those out. But first, you know, you got to take care of launching the yeah. product, and then, and then you can worry about what comes later. No, I appreciate that. Um, you already teased, though, that you've thought about the answer to this question. But let me just quickly tee it up for you, Brent. In a parallel universe, if you weren't working in betting or tech or law or anything that you've already done advising startups, in that parallel universe, what would you be doing instead? Oh, I would be telling my parents that you can't take my opportunity to go play in the OHL away at 14 and force me to be a lawyer or a doctor. You got to let me continue to go uh, in hockey. So for me, I, I, you know, wish that I would have been able to continue to pursue it um, and play professionally. But, uh, you know, I, I like to think that I have the work ethic and that I could have, you know, at least given myself a shot. It's obviously so difficult. There's so, especially the goalie, there's only 60 positions really available throughout the NHL, 30 of which are 30, 64 now and 32 of which are uh, starting positions. So, I mean, that's what I'd like to be doing in an alternative universe, but would I actually be doing it? Would I be successful enough? I don't know, but I'd be trying. In an alternative universe, I'd be trying to play professional hockey somewhere, even if it's in Europe or like the UK, anywhere where they'd pay me to play hockey, I'm in. Uh, no, that's awesome. I actually haven't had anybody really answer that. I don't think that they'd actually want to be a professional athlete yet. So I think oddly oh. for a sports betting podcast, that's actually the first one that's about to come up. Nice. I like being the first. Good. Okay. Cool. <laughs> right on, Brad. For folks listening that uh, would love to learn more about BetSwap or maybe reach out to you and uh, yeah, talk about partnerships or anything like that. What's the best way to learn more about the product and uh, reach you? Yeah, I, I mean, oh, I'm kind of going to repeat what Ben said. My DMs are open on LinkedIn, and I mean that. I, to a flaw, will respond to everybody, even if I know that there's absolutely, like, nothing to be had here. I'll still respond. I'll explain that there's nothing to be had here, and I appreciate them reaching out, or, you know, if something changes in the future, I'll come back to them. So, my, like, truly, I am responsive because I can't stand when people don't respond to me. I understand that everybody's busy, but I try to find, even if it's 30 seconds, to respond to somebody just so they have an answer either way. So if anybody, you know, reaches out via LinkedIn, I'm, I'm the most responsive um, and you're able to pretty quickly find BetSwap through my profile on LinkedIn. I stay off Twitter mainly because I think Twitter is bad for my mental health. Um, so you won't really find me on Twitter and Instagram doesn't feel like the necessary appropriate place to, uh, <laughs> to connect successfully. So I, I'd say that LinkedIn is obviously the, the best resource to get me. 
Yeah, there we go. And I can attest to your speed of responsiveness on LinkedIn, by the way, I actually did a lot of coordinating for today's conversation on LinkedIn, uh, which doesn't normally happen, but again, yeah, you are highly responsive on there. So made that really easy. Um, look, Brent, it's been awesome to have you on today and chat more about BetSwab. I want to congratulate you once again on uh, taking home the hardware at the first pitch competition at the SBC show a couple of weeks ago. And really looking forward to continuing to follow the story for you guys. Wishing you all the best. Thanks, Justin. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me on. It's, uh, it's something I wanted to do for a while now. So glad to be able to be here. Thank you. Thank you.